like one of those moments. Praise God. All right, let's turn our Bibles. We want to talk about prayer. Now, at the end of this uh, session that I'm going to be teaching on prayer, I'm going to establish one great truth tonight, which is the strength of all answered prayer. It is the strength of all answered prayer. And if we don't have this secret in our life, then prayer becomes something that kind of flees from us or is never apprehended. And uh, so after I preach here, what we're going to do is we're going to have people that are going to be teaching those sessions to come up and uh, give you some homework. So uh, that'll all be fun. So let's turn our Bibles to 1 John 5, 13. 1 John 5, 13. Hallelujah. 1 John 5.13 says this, These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Next verse. And this is the confidence that we have in him, Jesus, that we may, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Next verse. And if we know that he heareth us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. Now, the first thing that we realize is that this is the confidence. Somebody say confidence. Confidence is the foundation of all boldness, strength, and deep-rootedness of people. If you have confidence in something, you're persuaded, fully persuaded of something. Now, the word itself means to be bold in speech. To be bold in speech. To talk as if no fear was present concerning a situation. It means a, a courageous proclaiming with a deep-seated assurance. Now, that's what confidence is. And then it says that he heareth us. It says we know. That word we know simply means that we are assured in the present tense. In other words, we're not thinking he will someday. It means that we right now at the moment that we pray, we know, we know, we have become aware that God has granted that which we have requested. Now, it's important that you and I understand that God doesn't lie. So many times we have allowed religion, faithless men, to try to preach answered prayer. And thank God they attempted something. But sometimes religious people, people that seek to shelter you from what may come out as failure. But I'd rather fail a million times than attempt no times. It is not my job to protect you from failure. It's my job to preach faith to you 
And your faith will not fail you. You may fail faith, but faith will never fail you. It is the assurance that you have eternal life. It's what keeps us in Christ. Amen? And so the word know means that it is as though we are assured of something and we verify it at every turn by verbal confirmation. In other words, when we believe that God has answered prayer, we don't stay quiet. Now, we are wise enough not to cast it before swine. We are wise enough to have faith to ourselves. We are wise enough not to put faith out to those that may not believe what we believe or how we believe. You're asking for problems if you don't understand the maturity growth of those that you are in relationship with. Could I get an amen? And sometimes it's not their error, it's our error. So we have to be able to express our verbal confessions, uh, verbal uh, confirmations and boldness uh, that we believe that God has heard us, that we actually believe that God does hear us. We have statements like, oh, you know, we're bombarding heaven. I've never bombarded heaven. I've just walked in and made a request at the throne of grace. And I'm not standing outside of God. I am standing or seated beside God. He is my father. He is not a stranger. He is not some entity that I cannot lay hold of. He is my father and I am literally his son. I have been born of his seed, and I belong to him. He is not at odds with me, and I am not at odds with him. We are unified by the blood of Jesus Christ, and that which was between us has been washed away. I've been cleansed, and I have been brought into a right relationship. Could I get an amen? And so when the Bible tells me that God hears me. I have this confidence that if he hears me, the common denominator that every believer must have confidence in is that God actually hears you. How many of you are saved? How, do you think God heard your confession of faith of Jesus Christ? You, you believe that? You, you believe that? You would go to death before you denied that. Well, how's come someplace along our life we think that God has stopped hearing? No, no, no. He hears today as simply and as quickly as he did the first time before when you were the enemy of God. He now hears you quick or quicker now that you are a son of God. This is the confidence that we have if we do any walk in the will of God and please him that whatsoever we ask is going to be granted unto us. Now we know that God hears not sinners, but anybody that does his will accepts Christ as their personal Savior, God hears. God hears. Could I get an amen? God hears. God's not like us. He doesn't have to hear seven times before he catches the drift. Okay, all right. 
So one thing we have to do is we have to be confident that God has heard us. And having known that God has heard us, being persuaded, convicted of that, we need to be bold. Don't draw back. Stay focused. Somebody say, stay focused. Be unshakable. Resist all questions of whys and how. Because you don't have the mind to comprehend how. You are not called to evaluate why one day, two days, ten days, five days, a minute. You're not called to why God into a place of question. We just know that if he hears us whatsoever we ask, we have the petitions that we have requested. And no Christian ever should pray a prayer outside of the will of God. And every will or every desire of a righteous man is connected with God's purpose and his will. All right. Now let's go to James, a very common passage of Scripture. James 1, 2 through 5. Now remember, God hears us. If you believe God hears you, then you have the petition. Somebody say, you have. There is no question if you believe that God heard you, you have what you have requested. Now, what does the enemy do? Now he throws questions and whys into your court. But we have to stay focused. We don't have to answer questions, and we don't have to answer why. Could I get an amen? We know, owe no man an answer except to the gainsayers. But we do not owe anybody an answer of why a day, why a month, why three months, why this way or why that way. Questions gender strife. They create battlegrounds of reason and rhyme against faith. So stop the question games. Even though they're thrown at you, don't let them become engrafted in you. It doesn't matter. But how? Who knows how? I just know he is going to do it because all things are possible. I don't know how. But I do know that God is faithful and he watches over his word and he performs it and brings it to pass. That is all I need to do, and that's all I need to be persuaded. Now, if the devil can separate me from that persuasion and cause me to question or wonder, examine, challenge the validity of this against outward evidence, now he's going to cause my mind to become split. James 1-2. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Stop. When do you fall into the diverse temptations? 
as soon as you set faith in motion. You ever notice how calm life is when you're never believing for anything? And how crazy it can become as soon as you start believing for anything? Yes. And then it says this. Knowing this, knowing you understand the process of what is taking place, that the trying of your faith, now watch temptation come for, to try your faith, to try your confidence, to shake it, to uproot it, to question, to wonder, put reason and time out on the table and demand that God perform to your expectations. And then it says, knowing this, that the trying, the temptation that comes because of your faith worketh patience. But let, let it, let it, let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Next verse. And if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and he upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the wave of a sea, driven, driven with the wind and tossed. But let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now, what does the devil come to do? Tempt your faith. What has your faith been founded on? God hears when I pray. So now the devil brings temptation. What's he trying to do? He's trying to get you like a wave, one way to the other way, one way to the other way, one way, hallelujah. Next day, oh man, I hope. One way, hallelujah. The next day, I wonder. One day, praise God, I know he's faithful. The next day you run into Miss Critical. Now you are wondering again, what is the devil trying to do? Cast one thought in your mind to cause you to consider the unfaithfulness of God. Amen. That's it. Just one, not a million. It only takes one thought. One thought thought. Now, let's look at some words. Patience means this, a steadfastness. It is like a character of a man who is not severed from his deliberate purpose and loyalty to his faith. In other words, the devil is trying to get you to become disloyal to the faith that you are banking eternal life on. And if he can get you to question one place of faith, do you think that someday he could get you to question another? 
and then question whether God wants to bless, God wants to heal, God wants to fill, God wants to lead, God wants to deliver, God wants to lift up. All of those become what they are in the body of Christ today, almost myths instead of real promises. Oh, God doesn't do that today. Well, when did he begin to lie? Why doesn't God do that today? Well, well, he, 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 well he just, everybody knows he doesn't do it today. No, only double-minded people think God doesn't do it today. I'm fully persuaded that God does everything that he has ever said he's going to do. And in fact, I'm banking on it. If he changes his mind about one thing, what if it's just about my time to go to heaven and he changes his mind? Ah, let's cancel heaven. If you can't trust God in the very intimacies of the beginning of your faith, then how can you trust him with anything? So it means that we are to have a deliberate purpose of our faith. And we are not to become disloyal to the faith that has saved us. Listen to me. Disloyal to the faith that has saved us. You trust it for eternal life. Trust it for abundant life. And then the word liberally means that God bountifully, this is a great word, he simply and openly, sincerely gives it. Here's a simplicity of prayer. God, I believe you heard me here. What hoops have you created that God never asked you to jump through? If you believe God and an altar to save your soul when you were an enemy of God and he heard you and you believe he heard you, then why would you think that he would not hear you always? So God's simplicity of prayer is this. If you believe that I heard you, you will get everything you ask. Now, where does the abandonment of prayer come from? The successful double-minded strategy of Satan. Double-minded strategy. Get them to wonder, God, where are you? How long, God? These are faith-destroying accusations against a faithful God. Where were you when I created the hippopotamus? Where were you when I created this? How are the bones of a child created and formed in the womb. Can you tell me this, oh Job? No. Then why would you question me 
in anything. You weren't there to tell God what size of hips a hippopotamus ought to have. You weren't there when God formed the first child in the womb. You weren't there when your child was formed in the womb. God was there, but not you and I. So how could we question him when we don't even understand the fundamentals of creation? Except that he said, and it was. Simplicity of the kingdom of God and the faith of a faithful God. Simplicity. 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 So God gives it simply, liberally, to any man that asks. And then he doesn't upbraid. In other words, God doesn't make statements to remind you of your unworthiness or of your failures. He never cast an evil word through clenched teeth. In other words, God's just not mad at people. That, that's, hallelujah, that's pretty good. Waver simply means to separate you or withdraw from or to cause a dispute of accusations and questions, throwing thoughts and verbiage at one another. It means that we are not to question the fact. What is the fact? If you ask God and you believe that he heard you, then you have the petitions that you asked. It, 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 God is just so simple a child could understand this. You know, my grandkids just don't understand things. They, I, I tell him, if you have need of something, tell me. So I'm, I'm out on uh, the golf course or out hunting or something. I say, hey, uh, you only got one arrow left. Yeah, I lost the other three. I said, why didn't you tell me? Oh, I didn't want to bother you. I said, well, that's your problem. You lose that arrow, you'd be sitting out here by yourself. What don't you get? If you have a need, tell me. If I buy you a gun, if I buy my grandkids a gun, yes, I love guns. I use guns. I shoot guns. Don't come to my house. You heard the guy that was a part of the uh, uh, Black Lives Movement. He said that free gun zones don't work. That's where criminals thrive. <laughs> Why? Because the only people got them are the criminals. Do you think that somebody in a drug house that's already breaking the laws, already doing things that are going to send them to prison, worries about what type of gun law you have? Does that make sense? No. No, it doesn't make sense. Criminals will always have guns. Amen. Wives always have nagging natures. Criminals have guns. Now, so we as Christians need to accept simplicity. If God said, if you, hear, if you believe, I hear you, 
The question is not in God's response. The question is, what do you do to protect your faith? Let me tell you a story. Now, I believe my wife has all good intentions. I'm not telling you they ever come out right. I'm just telling you she had them. So here comes this guy. Now, my wife has, you know, had like a home invasion one time, and it petrified her. And I had to get in the car from another state and drive home immediately, and David was there, and, and thank God she had a shotgun because there were two guys trying to break the door down to get to her. Well, what were they there for? Prayer? <laughs> yeah, right. No, they were there to do harm. And the policeman said, once they, you see their faith, you have taken away all options. They're, they're not going to ask you, please don't tell. They're going to silence your ability to tell. All the Christians that want to say, I would never do that. I'm just going to pray for him. Well, tell me what heaven looks like because you're going to get there before I do. People breaking into your house are not there to bring you a Christmas gift, if you haven't realized that yet. And so this guy comes to the house after this first one, and he knocks on the door. He says, hello, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to say, what was he selling? Uh, vacuum. vacuum cleaners. When's the last time a vacuum cleaner come up to your door? Because soliciting is illegal in most communities. You understand that. You aren't allowed to do that anymore, Phil. So she says, oh, really? Well, okay, now realize this. The car drops him off and drives away. Now, who comes to the door selling the vacuum cleaner with no vacuum cleaner. I, just a thought. Just a thought. One and one is still two in America until you get to the IRS. And, and so no vacuum cleaner, no car. I don't believe in aliens. No car. And all of a sudden, he's beamed down somewhere from the vacuum cleaner mothership of the earth. I don't know. And he shows up at Phyllis's door. So Phyllis is talking to him through the door. Oh, yeah, that's a big thing. Through the door. Now he's found out there's nobody else in the house. Now he's found out she's willing to talk. Now he's found out she lives by herself or she is by herself. And he finds out she is as gullible as they come. And then, instead of selling a vacuum cleaner as he talks, he forgets what he is selling and brings up another product. You would think that would send off a do-do-do, call 911. No, not Phyllis. You need to drink water. It's hot out there. No, no, she continues to talk to him. Now, what I, she said, oh, I don't know why you just always think that I do the wrong thing. I said, Phyllis, I'm not thinking you did the wrong thing. I mean, I think even, what is that, wiki or wacky-peaky or what, where, where you go to find out what things mean? Wikipedia. Look, crazy idiots. 
That's what crazy people do. Talk to people that you know are misleading you and setting you up and have come to do you harm. So when I tell her, stop it, now I become the guy that she turns on like she should have turned on the guy at the door. Now let me tell you something. You have to guard your faith. And you don't talk to the enemies of your faith. Could again an amen. You have to protect your focus of your determined act of faith till it comes to pass at God's discretion. You say, oh, well, I just need it tomorrow. Don't worry. God's like you. He pays his bills on time. You are a last-minute bill payer, and God shows up at the last minute. You don't need it till the last minute. You notice all the lions didn't get sick and lose their teeth two weeks before Daniel got thrown in. Amen? The angels shut their mouths when he landed. All right, now let's go to Mark eleven twelve quickly. We're going to get through this. Mark eleven twelve through 14. I'm just encouraging you. Remember, all you have to do is believe that God heard you, and you will have what you said. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, and having leaves, he came, if happy he might find anything thereon, and when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Now, verse 14. And Jesus answered and said unto it, the fig tree, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now go down to verse 20. Mark eleven twenty. And in the morning... As him and his disciples passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the root. And Peter, calling to remember, said to him, Hey, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt become double-minded in his heart, but shall believe, be totally confident and persuaded. Does anybody know what believing does? We believe, therefore we speak. 2 Corinthians 4.13 Be that the, those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now what's this? Therefore, based on that proclamation that you believe what you say come to pass if you say that you believe God heard you and you receive even though you don't see it then you have what you say and then he says therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them you shall have them now what did Jesus not do he didn't go back to the tree. 
his disciples said, hey, you remember that fig tree? Look at what happened. Jesus never considered it wouldn't work. He never considered to question God. He never considered to evaluate what was happening or what had happened. He said, now use your faith like God uses his. Because that's what faith is, is a substance from God. Now, okay, let's go to John 11, 39 through 44. What are you talking about, Pastor? I want you to be confident of hearing that God has heard you. The great question is not whether God's going to answer. The question is, do you believe he heard you? And then it says, Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha said, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. He's been dead for four days. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, that thou shouldest see the glory of God. Now, what did Jesus just declare? He declared with great confidence, without any fear of the outcome what God would do. If you believe, you shall see the glory of God. Now, why did Jesus believe that? Let's go on. And they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou may hear me. Has what? Now we see the basis of Jesus' great declaration in confession. I told you, if you believe, you shall see the glory of God. Based on what? Thou hast heard me. What is Jesus rolling the stone away? He's got great faith. Didn't mention his faith. He said, thou hast heard me. Next verse. And I know that thou hearest me sometimes always but because of these people that question whether they are heard of you all the time I said it that they may believe that you sent me and now next verse and when he had thus spoken he cried with a loud voice hey Laz come forth sure enough here come the dead lads. Come forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. What was Jesus' bold proclamation of faith and confidence based on? Thou hast heard me. Is that right? Thou hast heard me. Well, it was God's will. Whether it was or whether it wasn't, that's not the issue. The issue is, thou hast heard me. And because these people often question and wonder if you hear them, that's why I said it. So that they know that what I'm declaring is not the result of something I've done. It's a result of you hearing me. 
How many tombs do you have sealed up because you don't think God has heard you? Come on. How many people that you know are buried beyond hopelessness that we are afraid to request and then make a proclamation that God has heard us because of the fear and the paralyzing presence of doubt from others. Now, I'm just going to read some, oh, well, maybe you can, I don't think you can go this fast. Psalms 4 and verse 3. Let me get there and then we're going to start just a series of, of a, answers that David got. Psalms 4.3 But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly and for himself the Lord will hear when I call. David believed God. Psalms 3 verse 2 through 5 Many there be which say of my soul there is no help for him in God. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. And I laid down with confidence, and I slept, and I waked because God sustained me. Psalms 22, verse 22. All these are our testimonies of a man that believed God. 22, 22. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him, all ye the seed of Jacob. Glorify him and fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the afflicted of the afflicted, the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his faith from him when he cried unto him he heard you don't have to be perfect to be heard from God all you have to do is believe that he heard you Psalms 28 verse 6 through 7 and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle the sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer. Notice what David says. Hear me when I cry. Psalms 34, 1 through 6. And I'm quickly moving. Psalms 34, 1 through 6. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast of the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof, and they'll be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked upon him and were lightened, and their fair faces were not ashamed. This poor man, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. Wow. 
Psalms 41 through 4. 41 through 4. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Remember your salvation. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Remember questions, wise, evidence, evaluation, accusations against a faithful God. Psalm 66, 19. We're getting ready to close. One more after this. Psalm 66, verse 19 through 20. And he says, which by his strength setteth fast the mountains being, what's wrong chapter, 66, uh, 19 through 20. Sorry about that. And it says, but verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God which hath not turned away my prayer nor his mercy from me. Psalms 50 and verse 15, call upon me in the time of trouble. I will deliver thee, and then thou shalt glorify me as God. Call upon me. This is an invitation. Stop struggling with trouble. Call on me, I will hear you. Call on me. I will hear you. But you don't know. Call on me and I will hear you. But the doctor, call on me and I will hear you. But you just, it's been like, call upon me in the time of your trouble. I, I, God, will deliver thee. The question is not whether God will. Ask any Thing in the past to this moment if God has lied to one man if God has missed the dot of one eye the crossing of one T or if he's ever been unfaithful to anything of creation ask them and even the rocks will say faithful is the Lord our God Let's at least join the Rockhead family. Stop questioning. Stop thinking you don't have. Stop thinking you can't. If God heard you the first time, now he has embraced you and called you son and daughter. He'll hear you every time. Don't believe the lies. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah.